Alright, so welcome to iSocial Distancing Designer Interviews Podcast and my name is Dustin Carbonera, the founder of ISO Design PH. So our goal is to wave the flag of Philippine graphic design to the world and we created this podcast as an extension of that role. Here we are going to interview great Filipino graphic designers, brand masters, studio owners, visual artists, type masters, and different creative individuals. So this is a special release episode for our podcast, which features one of the, if I may say, OGs of graphic design in the Philippines. He is a master designer who hails from the golden era of graphic design here in the Philippines, Mr. Frey Kabadin. He has works that are now considered classics here and abroad. Imagine designing old school in the 70s and to have work used in the United States and Europe when there wasn't internet yet. As for local legendary icons that he has done, how about logos of Metrorail or Department of Agriculture? Uh, I met Sir Frey through the wonderful world of internet and I met him even in person before when we can still meet in person. But in this episode, we had to resort to a Zoom call for us to share his design stories to you and I hope that you get nuggets of lessons here that you may use in your own design journey. Hey, so Sir Frey, welcome to the iSocial Distancing Designer Interview Show. So, I'm not having a title, pero yun, welcome. I just wanted to say welcome. Well, it's um, both vacationing in our own cubicles mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same time thinking of other of the ongoing projects. I, I have other projects that I do. Right now, actually, I'm on leave from a consultancy work that I do. Um, so I uh, that leave actually is spent on my personal accounts. So I'm doing my second book. I just finished the first one. I'm starting on the second one. So that's what I'm busy on right now. Wow, so many things but in happening, no? Sir Pero, first and foremost, I'd like for you to introduce yourself for our audience. Bali, kasi, uh, though I've made an introduction prior to this. I want you to parang shortly introduce who you are, sir. Okay. Okay. I'm Ray Kabadi. <laughs> um, I would perhaps be remembered by my contemporaries who are either right now retired or but active in a way by being active on the social media. And um, I would be quite different in the way that I would um, uh, put myself today. Uh, I realized that, you know, in design, as long as physically you're able, there is no stopping, meaning there's no retirement because people will ask you for for help on the design and planning of their communication. And so... I think it's an ongoing thing for me. I enjoy it anyway. So uh, design work or design projects that involve more people in different activities or specialized areas in the design project are still okay with me, meaning I will now orchestrate rather than doing it myself. I think uh, a designer like me, would be more 
advantages to client because I can actually orchestrate, I can manage, I can guide developers of design to a certain direction that I agree with with the client. So in that manner, uh, the design ideation is not a problem for the designers are working on the project itself. So just like my last project, um, I had two staff, all girls, who I thought were the best ones for the project, and we completed the book. I had no problem. In fact, I had time enough to sneak out and go home to the province without their knowing it. So we would connect only on the cell phone, and I would look at layout on the cell phone. And so I think that's the bonus for the contemporaries, the times today where you can be connected mm-hmm. to your staff, even if you go home. You know? Anyway, it's it's quite a long time. I mean, it, as um, I've started, as I had a note that I sent to you, that it took me now almost four decades, or is it over four decades? Anyway, that should give you an idea of how, you know, I have gone through the phases of changes in our design history. I have come from the uh, manual to the computerized age. So from Jurassic to the modern times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, sir, sir, that yeah. has been a name. That has been the parang before, diba, we had the coffee chat, and that has mm-hmm. been something that's amazed me from uh, from the the stories that you gave before. Because ako, I started with the computer na, pero Photoshop mm-hmm. 7.0 naman. Um, still old, still pretty old. Pero yung yeah. sa inyo kasi, um, you, you gave me stories of how manual the posters were. And yes. siguro to, to, name, to name drop, you were also part of the history ng CCP in poster making before. So can you give us some, how different was it when you created those designs before? And parang a summary of how different that was to compare to your workflow today. Starting from those times, like for me, starting from the 60s, uh, late 60s, middle 60s, towards the present, it was uh, something that was advantageous for me uh, because I had to learn all the basics. I had to learn to do things on my own. And uh, in fact, because of that, I planned actually my professional path I knew what to do actually. And since there was no graphic design course, I had to take up fine arts majoring in advertising, for instance, because it was the closest to design. And um, actually, on the side, um, I wanted to be an architect. So it was quite a different field and it was quite a different dream also. So. Um, I found out that I was not really suited for that because of my weakness in math. So I changed course. I finally, with the advice of a friend, decided to take a finance because it's the closest to what I would like to do. 
not really the fine arts, but would major in something that is that was more technical and that was more uh, towards what I wanted. Like, what? The idealism in me was that of an architect, where I had to do something that was possibly useful or directly useful to my um, audience. Meaning, if I did an architecture, it would be good for the owner of the house, you know? That I would be doing a design, refining his concepts of a home, but doing it in a technical manner that would, in fact, exceed what he expects from the house. So in the same vein, I thought of, you know, advertising because it was the only course closest to that science. So I took up advertising and that also dictated the path that should be advantageous to my ambition, to my goal. And so I selected the biggest American shop in town. The idea there was that I would be learning something that was nothing against them, except that if I had to choose between a shop that knew more of the current happenings in New York, I would select the foreigner. So I took, I mean, I, um, I joined J. Walter Thompson, which was the biggest American in Manila, and with a, C, uh, with a central office in New York. That was really a good choice because then I extended my studies. Uh, I always have an ulterior motive on my moves, of course. This is education. They had the latest libraries on time. We would have the New York Times and all the magazines of the week by Mondays. So that was an advantage again. And all of this formed my, you know, trail towards, you know, designing itself. I had the advantage of seeing the latest from New York. So um, that those were the things that was, uh, I mean, were very important. And so going through that, um, I didn't stay long in advertising because I have learned or I have had an inkling already on how it operates. I was more interested really with the technicals again. How do they produce things? Uh, so when I got that, I already planned to put up my own design office, not an advertising, but design office. Mm -hmm. So again, you'll see my focus on what I want to do. Really design. Design. Yeah. yeah. There was no such thing in Manila, so that's why um, I thought it was good timing. But along the way to that, uh, some people heard about my leaving the pump of the agency and took me in for a while to help them out. And this was Girl Friday. This was the shop, uh, shop Girl Friday, which was very good in editorial design. And so I learned a little of editorial design there, but more really on their photography. So I took up photography from there. It was ideal. I would accept their offer if there was you know, something that we traded. Like they would, they would uh, teach me photography, still photography. 
and I will teach them graphic design. <laughs> so it was, it was a good deal. Good deal. Uh, fair exchange, yeah. And so it was exciting. So it began to be an exciting thing because when I left the agency, it wasn't really a good story. I left uh, forcefully, meaning I wanted off and off immediately because I didn't like something there. So anyways, that's a different story. So that is where my thing went to. Not I couldn't, you know, start off with what my plans was, where like putting up my design office immediately. So, but it was a good detour because I was able to learn some things that would even beef up my ability to put up that company. So that's where those were the beginnings. And so in '72 on martial law period, on the declaration martial law period, I opened my shop. It was some bold step, but I thought it was the right time. Because even then, even before 70s, I had works already for foreign institutions like USAID because of Thompson. Wow. Um, and uh, it's not in the outline that I submitted, but anyway, it's, that was one of the projects that was quite major. So, uh, what were the kind of projects that that you worked on during the martial law period? I mean, interesting to that. I think that would be interesting to to know what kind of projects you worked on. Uh, as I just mentioned, because of the agency connection that I uh, had, you know, uh, and since it was an American thinking like an agency in New York, but couldn't apply it in Manila. It was just fitting that they would pass it on to a graphic designer, meaning it's unlike the locals, local agencies, where they do it themselves. The Americans do it differently. If it's a, it's a specialist work, like a graphic design, it's not the marketing designers who will do it. It's a graphic designer. So even if I left Thompson, they would still contact me for these jobs special jobs that was government jobs from the U.S. Since they are an American, so they were being used by the American government. So these jobs, they pass it on to me. So that is why I was uh, asked to handle the Sri Lanka population program, where I designed everything for their marketing, for their promotions. And... um, that is how I started to be in contact with foreign institutions. So subsequently, I went into contact with UNDP, FAO. FAO is an interesting one too. But that was during my office period already when I have had established already my office. Uh, but it, you can see that you know the continuous um, contact on this are because of jobs done before. So it wasn't something that was uh, a result of promotion, meaning I had no time really to make promotional materials for myself. It was really my work speaking for myself. So things like this, like if I did, you know, the population thing, I would also do the world uh, population day which was for another group, the UNDP. 
from UNDP and I was contacted again for the UNIPC. So it's only connecting, you know, the pattern of what you do for one would be seen by the other groups that, you know, keep you ongoing, you know, without you looking for them. That is very nice. Galing, galing. It works with connections, you know. And plus, yes, yung, yes. yung works that really speak for themselves. And because of that, sir, because, right. of that, because of that, kasi I've seen your uh, portfolio, at least a bit of it, yung track record. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of things you mentioned that are really good achievements in terms of your career in design. Um, yes. My favorite mm-hmm. would be your legacy of logos, which is one... Uh, Department of Agriculture, if not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm going to ask you, sir, what would be your favorite among all of those things that you've done or the past projects until perhaps in the present? What would be your favorite among all your projects? That is similar to the question that you know people would ask me, what's my favorite color? <laughs> I, as a designer, I have no favorite color, for instance. So I have no favorite client. Meaning, if you ask me on a different manner, like for instance, what would you think would be your most challenging project? Mm, perhaps, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, in that way, basing it on the complexity and uh, the novelty of it, for designing something for the Philippines. Because I had some jobs that were not for the Philippines, it was more for international. But to me, it adds, there's an added value to something that is done for the country. So this was one of them, which is agriculture. One aspect of it is the identity, which was used but the others, like for instance, the communication systems with farmers was not at all uh, used or were not, you know, um, were not during the time of a secretary wasn't uh, fulfilled because of so many questions, I suppose, because it was of its newness to the department. But it was really about language it was graphic language it was graphic because it was something that could be understood by a farmer um, because it was composed of sets of flags that he has to hang on a pole a pole that i also designed that pole i designed to be typhoon proof meaning it can sway according to the typhoon winds and my flag is also Weatherproof it is also uh, something that is made of, I forgot the term for it, but um, it's like a soft plastic that is flexible and it goes with the wind and it hangs from a T, you know, a T from the bar of which that portion rotates, you know, with a swivel so that it goes with the wind. It doesn't break because of that. So things like this was something to me was exciting, meaning it was undone before, not done before. So I I would consider that one of the best ones. Actually hearing that, it, it it's, it's um, exciting for me to hear that because it shows that um, young challenges is something that also helps us be fueled. Eh? 
as designers. And what you just mm-hmm. exa- uh, gave us an example, it is not just a graphic. Kumbaga, it's not just. That's it's right. beyond. That's beyond right. What That's we, right. No, it's just. That's it's right. also solving real life, real world right. problems. Mm-hmm. And That's I right. think I, they weren't. Uh, were they ever produced or no? No, because oh, I think sad. you know, you know, government uh, red tape, their internal red tapes, yeah, and then happens. I suppose budgeting and all that because it's not something that is readily a concept of theirs, you know. But uh, I, I would say that they would be thinking along the uh, lines of, for instance, printed matter that you give it to the farmer and the farmer mails it, etc. I thought that was quite a long process. So I mm. thought since they had agricultural engineers who would be going around the provinces, these people will read that instantly and knew exactly that this farmer wanted or needed fertilizers or grains or some vegetables, you know, um, similia, no? seedlings. So all of these were in graphics, and all of these were understood by both the technician and the farmers. And so the point of view of the farmer is more, it precedes actually. So no way for modern graphics, but it's really more for something that is basic form that the farmer knows, that, that the farmer recognizes. So I am, this, sir, I am, I know, I am very impressed, sir. I'm very impressed with the the kind of thinking and solving that you mm. provided for this. And it's just sad that it's not implemented. One thing more about, for instance, uh, I would necessarily touch on the emblem itself. The emblem itself was really a design in one color. It was a design for black. Meaning it was something that I can have it still screen in the provinces with this, whether this is in Tawi-Tawi, Bukidnon, uh, Iloilo, etc. And it was just monocolor. And so the lines were very strong so that you can print it on the sacks, the sacks of the rice. That was the basic form. So the color actually comes in only because of official use. Meaning, uh, I had to think of the most common use of the agriculture of the officials, which is the pin. So, the design again is based on the smallest element, which is the pin of the lapel, the lapel pin of the secretary. So, you can imagine that it's just 1.25 of an inch. So, I had to see to it that all lines will appear on that 0.25 inch seal, lapel pin. So all of this played uh, around the conceptualizing of the logo. So you can see how intricately con- conceived, you know, so that it can withstand all types of reproduction. Wow. So like this is from the old school. So that is exactly why I'm citing this, because this is where the technical comes in with your hand. You, you have to do things with the compass, with the pen, with the rulers, with the French curve and all that. So that is where I came from. So the appreciation of that is carried on towards even when I, you know, cross the bridge toward computerization. I had more even a stricter um, 
uh, way of looking at things. So I would be requiring my, you know, assistance to be doing it as neat as that, you know. It's, there's nothing that is, <laughs> that is just, you know, for the sake of an art would be just be a form like that. So uh, I think that was the value that I've carried on. I mean, the quality of the handmade should always be there. Even when you do it by computer, it's not a haphazard, you know, use of a program just so to come up with a certain quality of a line. I still keep on, you know, the details. I still keep on the rule that my logos can even stand a 0.25 inch test. You know. Wow, that is that is that is very helpful, sir. That is very helpful in terms of teaching us on how to think long term. Because yeah. design should be long term. And sir, I don't want to take much of your time naman natin. I know you're also a busy person. You've mentioned you still have projects. So my last question is, you have a career that spans decades already. And most of us, most of people who will be watching this video, sir, are just starting. So can you give some tip, just one solid tip on how do you have this long career? And how do you, what is that one attribute or value that you can say? for a designer to last that long? Well, having a background, basic background that doesn't change, which is the quality of work. Um, second is you have to think in terms of the time when you have to deliver such information to your public. You have to be conscious of the public, of your present public when you have to use that design. And you must always stick to the principles that you had before, the quality, not the, um, not the speed of completing a requirement, but really a quality work. Because I believe in quality work, quality work brings back some more work for you. So it's as simple as that really. Clients, well, up to a certain time, up to maybe five years ago, clients would, still look for people they have heard about. So that's why I still have some clients who come back to me after so many years because of the quality that I do work. So they know that I don't do work because of a um, fad or a trend or things like that. But I would always look at it in terms of their usability, for the particular audience, it was really how to put together things so that you can communicate. So now they have the term of information design and I think everybody should use that so that you are also reminded that you have bigger obligations to your publics as information designers, as architects of communication. Wow, sir, that was a fitting conclusion to to all you've mentioned. And sir, I'm very honored and blessed to have heard from your stories and also your experience from what you've just said. So, um, yeah, there, there you go. Thank you, sir, for uh, letting us interview you for ISO Design. And I hope, okay. I hope, I hope that after all of this, so see you after the quarantine, sir, Trey. Stay safe, sir. Stay okay. safe. 
So there, we hope you enjoyed this secret episode that was not released in our YouTube channel and learned a lot from Sir Frey and his stories that spans decades in design. So thank you for listening and I hope you follow us in our socials for more design stories and insight. As of the moment, the website isodesign.ph is still in the works so you may reach us and follow us in our socials. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Sa Instagram, it's at isodesign.ph and of course, YouTube which we will have more plans in the future as well. Again, this has been your host Dustin and we hope that you see design with us.